of San Jose, member of Congress, and Secretary of Transportation Norman Mineta was a close friend of the Commonwealth Club. He passed away in May of 2022. Recently, a statue was dedicated in his honor at Mineta San Jose International Airport. We were on hand and are proud to bring you the ceremony honoring this great servant to the American people. Thank you very much for all for being here. And the first thank is to the San Jose Tyco, uh, Risa Umamura, who is the director, and there are other leadership people there. But uh, that that takes not only skill, but a lot of energy. You can see why those were the war, war drums for the samurai. And it makes you get going. And we're going now. And now... To uh, make sure that we settle down a little bit and and we bless this process appropriately, uh, Reverend John Oda from Leslie United Methodist Church of San Jose is going to give us a little blessing. Please be seated, though. Good morning, everyone. John Oda, Wesley United Methodist Church. It's an honor to be a part of this unveiling of Secretary Mineta's statue uh, Wesley is where the Mineta family were and are uh, members. The Mineta house is right across the street. Um, another interesting fact is uh, Secretary Mineta and my mother were both interned at Hart Mountain, Wyoming, and they're the ex- almost the exact same age. Uh, my mother's two months older, so I always wondered whether they went to school together there or not. Um, I've only met Secretary Mineta at public gatherings, but he has always been an inspiration to me. Many are aware that it was Secretary Mineta shortly after 9-11 happened that called for the first ever unplanned shutdown of the U.S. airspace, forcing more than 4,500 planes to be grounded. But something that equally impressed me took place about a week later on September 21st, Secretary Mineta sent a letter to all the U.S. airlines forbidding them from practicing racial profiling of Middle Eastern or Muslim passengers. And he said this is illegal for airlines to discriminate against passengers based upon race, color, national or ethnic origin or religion. He later said it was the right thing and constitutional thing to do based on his own experience as someone who has lost the most basic human rights. 
as a result of the illegal incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II. And he often reminded us later as he spoke that we have a vigilant, we have to be vigilant in the protection of our constitutional rights. So I'm honored to provide this blessing for this statue. May this important occasion of the unveiling of Secretary Norman Mineta's statue be a celebration of his resilience, leadership, and unwavering dedication to the constitutional rights of all Americans. May those who walk by and gaze upon Secretary Mineta's likeness be blessed and inspired by the values he upheld throughout his distinguished career, integrity, compassion, and a commitment to justice. May the statue be eternally blessed by God and serve as a perpetual reminder to all of the positive impact one individual can have upon our nation. Blessings upon the statue of Secretary Norman Mineta May his legacy continue to shape a brighter future for all Americans for generations to come. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Now may we have uh, the Mineta family come forward and unshroud the statue so that Norm can oversee us as we proceed. Denny, David, and Stu, would you please come forward? Diradon, a senior. Uh, my son's here someplace, junior. And uh, I'm the uh, very proud president of the Quest Valley Charities and uh, passed a lot of other things that we don't have to remember today. Uh, and we have so many, so many important people here today. In fact, every one of you is important that I really can't uh, get through the process of introducing each one of you. But let me let me do a little something a little bit interesting. I'd like to introduce to you today the um, chiefs of staff for Norm. Uh, I probably won't get them all right, but Les Francis is here in front. John Flaherty is here. Susan Fitz, Susan Fitz, you won't find her in a crowd, but she's the the teeny one back here. But don't you measure power by height, let me tell you. Uh, little little people run the world. Uh, I, I was taught that because Susan was my exec for a long time. We promised not to call Norm, Norman Yoshio Mineta today. Um, and uh, remember that we all say Norm today. That's what he would wanted. That's what he would have wanted. We also need to say a thank you right now for Steve Davis, who is a sculptor from San Jose State University that did the sculpting. Right back here. Wave, wave again, Steve. 
without without that artistic capability, we'd be up to crick. Let me offer just just a few special thanks to people who gave in-kind contributions to us that far exceeded the value of the minimum sponsorships. Uh, uh, Steve was the top of the list, and we appreciate that. Uh, we should mention Steve Pyle and his daughter, Amanda, from the accounting firm that has kept us straight. Uh, uh, J- Jason Waldrop from uh, Oak, Oak Hill Memorial uh, that have, did this big piece of rock. Let me tell you, that is a big chunk of headache. It, it's the only way of putting it because it's, it's too heavy to move. Once you've made a mistake on it, you can never correct it. And it's there. So that's thank you very much, uh, Jason. Uh, Brenna Bolger and Terry Downing from PRX. Terry's the tall blonde and, and uh, Brenna's the tiny blonde. Uh, they're here. And uh, Jim Salata from Garden City Construction. He's the one that had the unhappy duty of moving that big chunk of rock around the countryside for a while. It weighs about two tons. And um, uh, William Hadaya. William is right there, and he has WMH uh, Engineering, and he's the one that, that filled out all of the different required permits and so on and made sure the floor wouldn't collapse and all, all of those kind of minor but important things. Thank you, William. So with that that group of thank yous, oh, one more little call out here. And I have to do this one because I was a Navy a Lieutenant JG at one time. Uh, and uh, when you see as much gold as this lady has on her, you've got to recognize her. Admiral Noonan, who is the uh, superintendent of the uh, Merchant Marine Academy, is here and a good friend of Norm's. Now, there may be some other, there's John Flaherty. Uh, he didn't come in and he didn't wave, but now he can. Wave your hands, John. Okay, let's get on with the program here. Uh, the uh, lady that, keep, that kept me from going bonkers and has guided this process wonderfully is the former county superintendent of schools. And she is just leading many, many organizations in the Valley. And it's Dr. Colleen Wilcox, chair of Quest Valley Charities. Colleen. Thank you so much, Rod. And I think probably most of you know that this would not have remotely been possible if it hadn't been for Rod Dyrdon. We know that life coaches and Zen masters have been telling us for years to follow the practice of gratitude if we want any success in our lives. And I'd like to think of today as a communal act of gratitude. Gratitude to Norm 
and gratitude for Norm. And it's wonderful to be a part of that with each of you. We know that we're going to call him Norm today, not because in any way we disrespect him, but because we cherish him. Whether or not you have known Norm through insurance, through mayoralship, whatever, if you called him and asked him to meet with your son or daughter who was contemplating politics, whether you just happened to be in Washington, D.C., and he walked you into Ted Kennedy's or Tip O'Neill's office, whatever that interaction was, professional or personal, it was always personal with Norm. You left with a sense of a supreme relationship, a personal relationship with Norm. I have heard so many stories from each of you going back 40 and 50 years ago. He remained who he was until the very end. And there are other thanks to go around. I would like to personally thank some of the members of the QVC, this board that made this happen, who have stood by us, who have helped us, who have corrected us. And I want to start, first of all, with Linda Ramirez-Jones. She was over at the information table, but many of you know her incredible talents. April Halberstead. April is the grand historian of Santa Clara County. Now there is Lenore Keeve. Lenore, would you just, she has been such a stalwart member of our organization. And another personal thank you to whenever things started to go sideways, Fernando Sosuedo stepped in. Fernando. And toward the end, we had the extraordinary pleasure of working, as most of you know, with Karen Philbrick. There's no one like her. Karen, where are you? Stand up. Most organized person in the world. And another very personal thank you to the gracious, eloquent, and very soft-spoken Joyce. Iwawashi. Joyce, you have been amazing. I also want to extend a thanks to sculptor Steve Davis. He put up with our board week after week after week. No, he's not smiling enough. No, I think that eye is a little too, no, that hair is way too big. He smiled. He worked with us. He was extraordinary. You know I love you, Steve. Now, you, we will probably refer to you personally a little bit later, but I cannot thank all the generous, remarkable, loving donors. Thank you for making it happen.
what a gracious lady. Her leadership has been a stabilizing effort here. And we needed it. The uh, next presenter is the boss. If you act up, he'll throw you out of his house. So let's hear from John Aiken, Director of the Aviation, City of San Jose. Thanks, Rod. Good morning, everyone. On behalf of our entire airport team, it's my pleasure to welcome you all to San Jose Mineta International Airport this morning. It's exciting to have so many distinguished guests with us today, including business and government leaders from around the Silicon Valley region and our nation's capital. One of the many great things about Norm was his ability to bring people together. And I think it's fitting that we do that today as we brought all of these people together for this ceremony. Of course, we're especially pleased to have with us several members of the Mineta family, Denny and David and Stuart. We appreciate you coming out. Norm was a champion for aviation from his time leading our city of San Jose to his 20 years representing us in Congress, to his service in two presidential administrations. Norm is perhaps best known in the aviation world for his decisive actions as the Secretary of Transportation that kept America safe on and after September 11, 2001. But his commitment to Americans' aviation infrastructure, and this airport in particular, began well before that day. That's why we're so genuinely proud to have the Mineta name in the heart of our airport's name. I want to thank Rod and Colleen and their team of volunteers and donors for their generous effort bringing this monument of norm to our Terminal B baggage claim for future generations to see as they travel through our airport. I also want to take a moment to thank Assemblymember Evan Lowe, who about a year ago generously donated a painting of Secretary Mineta to the airport that we have on display here today. This portrait has been on display in the entrance of our admin offices for the last year. It will soon be hung above the TSA checkpoint in Terminal A for all to see as they pass through. I also want to take a moment to thank the many members of my airport staff who have worked hard to support not only today's event, but all the work that led up to it. Thank you all again for being here and welcome to SJC. Let me tell you, the red tape involved in doing something like this will make you go crazy. And that's the red tape cutter right there. He, he made it happen. Uh, and Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. The, um, the uh, next uh, is the presentation by the Mineta family. And if we could have Denny and David and Stuart come forward, uh, it's, it's time for them to to say hello from the Mineta family. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. I cannot tell you how much this means to the Mineta family. And Steve, you captured him. This, you captured his spirit. Evan, you, you captured a spirit as well. And uh, 
just thank you. Thank you for the dignitaries that are here, for taking the time to be here. It's really special that you came. I would like to tell you just a couple of things that you, you may not know about Norm. One thing I'm sure you do know is when anyone asks Norm what his absolute favorite job was that he had in government, he never hesitated. His favorite job in government was always being mayor of San Jose. He called it his hometown. It was never Silicon Valley. It was never a city. It was his hometown. And it remained his hometown. And this is where he rests for all of eternity. It's right here in Oak Hill. So thank you. Um, A couple things. Norm had, he loved transportation. But he had a very special, special place in his heart for aviation. He... uh, When he became chair of aviation, he decided to get his pilot's license because he wanted to understand the difficulties that people in aviation were challenged with. And then he was smart enough never to fly after he got it, which was, I was grateful. And and he did another couple of things that people don't really know about. And they know about 9-11, but they don't know a lot of little things in a... 1972, I think 72, Air Florida crashed in the Everglades, and 75 souls were lost because there weren't exit lights. They couldn't see the way to get out of the plane. It took 10 years, and a lot of people in this room helping him to institute 1982, or 82, that... um, Exit lights were mandated on every plane. And I think it's been responsible for saving a lot of lives. So thank you all who helped him, Les. Thank you, Rod, for making this a reality. Thank you to Quest Valley Charities for making this a reality. And thank you to all of the people that came here because you love Norm. And just know that Norm loved you. Thank you. Again, I'll just, I'll just echo what, what Denny said. Thank you, everyone, for coming, for, for honoring Dad with your presence, with your time to be here. You know, we still really, we really miss Dad. Uh, but this airport has a big place in our family ever since we were kids. Uh, when we lived here before we we left for Virginia, uh, when he he was um, elected to Congress, he used to tell us this story about uh, he, he'd have a bet with with the manager of the airport who lived in Livermore, and uh, they they talked to each other on the phone in the morning. They'd say, "Okay, who can get to the office quicker?" Uh, him, uh, the the manager of the airport, would go hop in his plane to Livermore and fly over here, and then Dad would go to City Hall when he was mayor. And they'd call each other and see who got to the office first. Sadly, uh, I don't think Dad ever won that that bet. Um, but anyway, uh, in this airport, you know, when when Dave and I were kids, uh, when we moved to Virginia, you know, this is the airport we'd fly home to every summer. And uh, what what I remember is is that the red sign, the for those of you, the San Jose Municipal Airport. And every summer when we would come home, we'd see that sign. And for me, that was, you know, for me, this, this was home. We grew up, we lived in Virginia. 
you know, I did kindergarten through high school there. But this was always home. And like Denny said, dad felt that way and, and, and sort of passed that along to us. And we'd come home every summer. And this is where we would come home to, is to this airport. Granted, it looks a lot different than back in, you know, 75, 77, you know. But um, I remember as a kid, my mom would drive me over to the end of the runway. And after uh, preschool, I'd come over here. I'd have a sandwich, sit on top of the car, and I'd watch the planes land. And so this, this airport has a, 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 a huge history uh, to our family, and we're very grateful. What an honor it is to have his statue here now. Um, and we're so appreciative of the airport, Quest Valley Charities for all their hard work, and everyone for, for, for just getting this uh, uh, put in here. Um, I've even had friends tell me, oh, you know, we look forward to seeing this and uh, it, it's quite the statue. So thank you everyone for being here. Thanks everyone for all your help. Appreciate it. So Administrator, uh, Administrator Pekoski, thank you for coming out. Um, this is a big deal. I can't wait to hear your remarks today. San Jose Tyco, all the sponsors, all the electeds, um, San Jose Airport staff, the QBC board, the whole board, um, and particularly Colleen, Rod, and Karen have been carrying this effort for so long. Um, it is amazing. Now, as a child of a parent who has passed, I don't know if anyone else, similar situation, I find one of the things I most appreciate is when people remember your parent. Say something kind about them. Remember them fondly in any way. Today's event is the most humbling example of this most appreciated remembrance of your parent. There's been so much work done, as we said, by the QBC board, the San Jose Mineta Airport staff. I want to thank John and Matt. Congratulations, John, on an amazing career building this airport into the best mid-sized airport in the country. <laughs> to Matt, who, in addition to, the, to Steve the Sculptor, had to hear all the board and all the things, the changes, that was Matt. Thank you, Matt. The MTI staff, to Karen's staff, the Mineta Transportation Institute staff, thank you for doing everything else. Uh, architects, Steve, the sculptor, movers, everyone. So here's the thing. It's been done by people, by and large, who actually knew dad. As Colleen said, called him partner, boss, colleague, friend. Regarded him as an uncle, mentor. And it extends beyond the immediate folks involved with the statue and today's unveiling itself. The electeds, dad picked fruit and nuts with and for Dominic Cortesi, Senator Cortesi's dad. Now Dave and I get to help and work on making the valley better in another generation. Board of Supervisor President Ellenberg's father-in-law 
Sandy, Dr. Ellenberg, uh, he and dad were lifelong friends and proud Bowles Hall Cal alumni, which is why, for some reason, dad and mom sent Dave to the Jewish preschool. Mayor Licardo was an 18-year-old intern in dad's congressional office. He was so proud that dad would go on, uh, that Sam would go on to lead San Jose as mayor and be one of the best mayors that San Jose's ever seen. <laughs> Much of this started when Sam was still mayor, our current mayor. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, for allowing this to keep going on. I want to say, if you get reports of some man or men talking to this statue, hour upon hour, please do not have them remove us. <laughs> to his former congressional colleagues, our one name, one namers, they're so famous in our area, Prince, Madonna, we have Anna and Zoe. Lifelong friends. He had such deep and meaningful relationships with so many of you, elected, non-elected, his old San Jose City staff when he was mayor, his old congressional staff, our extended family. Members of the Japanese American community, members of the larger community, members of other communities of color. It's what made San Jose naming its airport after him in 2001 so meaningful to him. It was being remembered by your friends on the council and in the community. It's what made him love his hometown so much. It's what made him carry and represent San Jose wherever he went in the world. You could take dad out of San Jose, but you could never take San Jose out of dad. It's what would touch him most today. Again, on behalf of Denny, Stu, Bob, Mark, our wives and kids, all of my cousins, their kids, thank you very much, friends. Let's hear from some of those people that were just called out as being very special. The one who got us started on this, when we came up with the idea back when Norm was here, and Norm was part of the planning process, by the way, he was very inconsiderate and decided to die in the middle of this. And I, we, we, uh, we certainly discouraged that. But uh, we're the two mayors of, of San Jose. We got it started under Sam and Matt finished it. And let me tell you, if either of them had not been there to push this through the city administration, we'd still be chip and stone. And so may we have Matt and Sam come forward, please? Well, 
Good morning, everyone. As, as John and others have said, welcome to your San Jose Mineta International Airport. We're so, so proud that Norm was from San Jose. I'll never forget my first day of class in college. It was 9-11. And in the days that followed, Norm helped guide and reassure a nation and say that we would stand up to and fulfill our highest ideals as a nation as we responded. That gave me comfort and confidence. And frankly, while San Jose is only my adopted hometown because I grew up down in Watsonville, Norm made me proud to be from San Jose, to have gone to high school here, to have family and a history and legacy here. And when we erect a beautiful statue and tribute, we don't just do it for the great community leader and hero who we're recognizing. We certainly do on one level. We're, we're grateful to Norm. We want to show our gratitude and our thanks and honor him. But we really do it for us, for our kids, for our grandkids, for future generations to say, this is the best of humanity. This is what we can be. There are lessons that this great man and his story has to teach us. You know, Norm, of course, we all know the story, had every reason to be, to be resentful, to be angry. Imagine being a kid, playing Little League, Boy Scouts, just growing up and being forced from your home by your own government in a country that says that all people are created equal and we have inalienable rights. What a betrayal. Every reason to be angry. But in the words of President Bill Clinton, when he described his friend Norm, he said, Norm was a builder, not a breaker. And that, to me, is his legacy. That's the inspiration I take from Norm, is that we get to decide. We have agency. We don't get to decide what, what hardships we face, what Adversity comes our way, but we get to decide what we do with it. And that's why I'm excited to bring my kids here to see this statue and to tell them about Norm, because that's one of the most profound lessons we can teach our children, that life isn't always fair. It can be immensely painful and difficult, but we get to decide what we do with it and what legacy we're going to leave. So I'm grateful to the... Quest Valley Charities Group, to all of the sponsors, the committee co-chairs, the Mineta family in particular, for helping us continue to share Norm's story and his legacy and inspire our future generations. And part of Norm's living legacy is the people he mentored and inspired. And one of those is my friend and predecessor, your former San Jose Mayor, Sam Licardo. Thank you, Mayor. Rod, thank you so much for what you and Colleen and so many members of the community have made happen here today. This is a wonderful moment. Thank you for bringing us together to make this happen. And thank you to Denny and to David and Stuart for sharing Norm with us all these years. The sacrifice of family is too often overlooked, and we are so grateful for your sacrifice for the good for all of us. You know, it is a beautiful statue, and it will be regrettable if this is merely 
a tribute to a great man. Norm was a great man, but we have lots of statues of great men. We could probably use a few more statues of great women. Uh, but but that's, that's not all here. And I think Mayor Mahan said it pretty well, very well. This can't be about the past. This has got to be about the present and the future. When I was a 17, 18-year-old intern in Norm's office, one of the expressions I know as I look at Brian Grayson and many of the others who are here in the office would have heard Norm say more than once was that there's no Republican way to build a road, no Democratic way to build a bridge. I actually thought he invented that term and then I found out he, he stole it from, I think, uh, Mayor LaGuardia. But anyway, there's something I know Norm said quite a bit because he believed it. And I suspect that had something to do with why he was so passionate about transportation, because it was one of those things about which we hopefully wouldn't fight much. We could actually come together and build and be proud of what we could do together as Americans. And it was no accident, of course, that the leading co-sponsor on his most famous piece of legislation for redress for the internment of Japanese Americans was a Republican, Alan Simpson, his old friend. That was the essence of who Norm was and is to all of us. Someone who's passionate about bringing people together. He wasn't just a great man, he was a good man. And he was a good man at a time when America so critically needed goodness, coming into office after Vietnam, after Watergate, when we were all desperate to find goodness in leadership. And he is a beacon for all of us in this very divided moment, in this time when we are too bitterly divided over too many things, a beacon to find our better angels to come together to build something better together. Thank you. City is well led. The uh, next uh, presenters are the uh, the uh, corresponding leaders of the county. And let me tell you, the county helped a lot with this process, even though there isn't a direct authority line. And uh, the chair of the board, when this got started, was Cindy Chavez. And the chair of the board now is Susan Ellenberg. And could they come forward, please? Thank you, Ron. What an absolute delight it is to be here with all of you today. Norm was the embodiment of a life well-lived. And Colleen, I love your description of today being a communal act of gratitude. That feels exactly right. There are so many public servants and so many community leaders amongst us today that it just got me thinking, who are the next icons among all of you? Who will rise to this level of leadership, honor, and remembrance? It is certainly a worthy ambition. My husband, well, then boyfriend, introduced me to Norm before he introduced me to his parents. We were living in New York, and on a visit to Washington, D.C., Norm took us to lunch in the congressional dining room, which apparently was a fancy thing. I didn't know enough to be impressed. 
But Norm vetted me and then let Sandy and Maureen, my future in-laws, know I could, I could be a keeper. So I'm grateful to Norm for that early recommendation. You mentioned, Dave, that, our, um, that, that Norm and my, my father-in-law went to Cal together. Norm played a lot of bridge. My father-in-law played no bridge. He studied. And he would chide Norm every once in a while saying, you're not going to amount to anything, friend. (laughs) Fortunately, he lived long enough to see that he was very wrong in that assessment. Beyond the personal, I am here along with all of you today to pay tribute to Norm for his commitment to justice, for his integrity, for his compassion. I love that in the statute, his hand is on his heart. That is a political gesture, and that is a personal gesture of love. And I think it was an absolutely perfect, perfect way to remember Normanetta. Thank you to everyone who made today possible. Thank you, Shana, how tall you are. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Cindy Chavez. I serve on the Board of Supervisors with President Allenberg, and I am beyond uh, delighted to have an opportunity to say a few words. When I think about Norm, I think about relationships and that his whole life was about how he related to others. When I served on the city council um, some time ago, one of his dear friends approached me and other members of the council to ask about renaming the airport after Norm. And I say this really, Dave, to you and to Denny and Stuart, to to make this one point, that there was no question in my mind that it made sense because when you think about Silicon Valley, you think about its origins being the Valley of Heart's Delight. And we've come all the way to Silicon Valley and all the things that has meant, innovation, pushing the envelope, recognizing that diversity in our community matters and that leadership can look so different. And Norm being the first Asian American to ever be elected mayor of a major city in the nation's history. But I want to go back to this point about relationships. It was really his dear friend, Rod, who brought that idea forward. And I think it is the highest, one of the highest expressions of love that we look to honor others who we most want to be like. And when I think about Norm, his relationship building, his smarts, his willingness to compromise and see the way forward, that very, now I know he had a salty mouth on occasion, so I don't want to, I don't want to pretend that's not the case, but what I saw him do more than once, more than once, was make sure that he found the path that served the most people, even if it didn't serve him. And that to me, is leadership. And I think is evidenced by people who've known him all his life that are here and friends like I see uh, Congressmember Honda to newer friends is a reflection that we all believed in him as a person. And I don't think of this anymore as the Valley of Heart's Delight or Silicon Valley. I'm going to be thinking about it as Norm's Valley. Thank you.
Wow. We're having a real display of not only oratory, but caring. And um, I didn't see Mikey Honda coming in. He's like a little brother to Zoe and I that used to serve with him on the Board of Supervisors. And he's retired up to Eastern Oregon, up on a little creek where he catches salmon and, and I wish I lived. Nice to have you here, Mike. And thank you for your service. Now we have the next step up. Uh, uh, well, there can't be a step up from the Board of Supervisors. That's the top seat. But um, by the way, I called these uh, last two people uh, chairs when I was there and Zoe and Mike and others. We were the chair of the Board of Supervisors when we began to lead the board. Now it's president. We understand president. Remember that, everybody. That's a chiding comment tonight. Often share with them. Now the uh, state legislator uh, who is going to be here had to ask for special dispensation to leave the session this morning because the legislature is in session. So David, who is the uh, uh, member of the city council, board of supervisors, and now uh, and now uh, state senator, is going to lead whatever members of the state delegation were able to get out of class, Senator David Cortese. Well, thank you. If there are other members who were somehow able to make it out of Sacramento jailbreak, um, please come on out. I don't think so the way it works. Um, I don't miss many votes, but I wasn't going to miss this. And, uh, the vice president's in town today meeting with the legislature at this moment. And uh, so a lot of people are very tied up up there. But Rod, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to be on the program. Thank you and the committee um, of which I was proud to be a part of uh, for the tremendous work that was done to get this accomplished. And why it's important, why a statue is important. You know, I, I thought about this. In the last 24 hours, uh, especially having listened to, to David Mineta speak on, on occasions, uh, formally and informally, about you know explaining to the kids why there's an airport named after dad, why there's a highway named after dad, and so forth. So a statue now as well. But it is important. And um, I hearken back to a movie, a 1997 movie, some of you may have seen, if you're um, older like me called Amistad, and Amistad was about the slave trade in a, in a slave ship that, that landed, um, you know, in the colonies, and John Quincy Adams, John Quincy Adams as a young attorney agreed to represent one of the slaves in the litigation for his freedom, and when he was asked to take the case, he said, I'm not going to take the case unless I get an opportunity to speak to him first. I want to spend time with him. And in the movie, I just thought it was a great line here. In the movie, he was asked, why? Why? You're a great attorney. I mean, why do you want to spend that time with him? And he said, you can't know who a man is until you know his story. I would change that to person, of course. You cannot know 
who a person is until you know his or her story. What's that have to do with this? I know that there's more than a handful of stories that I would tell. I'll share a couple briefly today, many that we've already heard. But long after I'm gone, sad to say it in one sense, long after all of us are gone, people will be bringing their children past the statue. And the kids are going to ask the question, I hope, who's this? Well, that's, that's the man the airport's named after. Oh, and why? And when they ask the why question, hopefully, I believe, it'll happen. The stories will come out. The stories will come out because we're passing them down now. And for me, some of those stories, if I come by here with my 10-year-old godson or some grandchild of the future, will be, yes, Norm and my father not only spent time together, but one of the snapshots I sent to David not so long ago was a picture of them handing out Halloween pumpkins together. By the way, my father's 91 years old. They were almost the same age, came up very close together in politics. I think two, the first their first two elections were two years apart. Handing out Halloween pumpkins to little kids, that's the norm that I think never changed. Story number one, the norm that never changed, that would make the time to go out and hand Halloween pumpkins out to children in a schoolyard. Another story is the time at 22 years old while I was in law school that I visited the Capitol, happened to be with my father, of course, and we dropped in unexpectedly. Norm drops everything as he would do and greeted us, asked me what I was up to. When I told him I was in law school, he said, what the heck are you doing here? Get home and study. Probably the best advice anyone ever gave me at 22 years old. Um, I was in on the city council when we took the vote. Cindy Chavez was on that council as well to name this airport after Norm. And I thought Mayor Mann's comments about resentment were very poignant. Because great elected officials like Normanetta, they're human. We're all human. Resentment comes. But the great ones never show their resentment. They don't respond with that resentment in a public-facing way. And the mayor pointed that out. And then President Ellenberg came along and pointed out Norm's response to resentment is that. I, too, agree the perfect posture, the perfect pose. When the, when the vote was taken to name this airport after Norm, let's not have revisionist history. Um, that wasn't a smooth landing. And people, especially on a partisan basis, filled the council chambers, filled the council chambers and said, don't you dare do this. The council did it. And again, I, again, so appropriate that Norm's response would not only be humble, but would be this. Lastly, I was in the city hall 
as a city council member during 9-11 and when we memorialized Norm on the floor of the Senate, the comment that I made or the story I told, which I would tell my godson if I was walking by the statue with him, was that then Mayor Ron Gonzalez and I were the only two elected officials in the city hall that morning. And Ron popped into my office and said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, but these planes that are coming in, they used to look like they were coming right into the city hall. Really? Are we okay? I mean, are we all okay? Are we safe? And he just looked at me and said, don't worry about it, Norm. Norm, not Secretary Mineta. Norm has it all under control, right? And he did. He did. He grounded those planes. That was what I was pointing out were one of the last planes still coming in. The thing about the norm thing, that isn't revisionist history either. And I'll close with this. When he ran for Congress, I had never seen this before. And I'd been involved in campaigns since I was 11 when I first met him. But when he ran for Congress some years later, remember the signs, the billboards? They didn't say a little norm and a big manetta so that people would remember his last name on the ballot. That's what we all do. It just, it just said, let's send Norm to Congress. So it's always been the case. He's always been just Norm. Thank you very much. Again, thank you to the committee. And thank you for triggering other people to tell stories, I hope, for generations to come, Rod. Thank you. Now, at the so-called top of the food chain, we have our... The folks who make the policy at the national level uh, send us the money and we spend it. And, and uh, Zoe, uh, if you would uh, come up with, with Anna and the other Congress members. I don't know whether Roe. Oh, Roe, you snuck in the back door. Come on. Roe, by the way, was the first one to RSVP to be here. Well, thanks so much. What a thrill to be here. You know, I look around, we're all connected in so many different ways. I mean, the Norm staff and former neighbors and the like, it's, it's really energizing to be here. And I was thinking about when I first met Norm, I was working for Don Edwards, who represented San Jose, and Norm was mayor. And I had occasion to meet him. And then I saw him in a completely different environment, like a year later. And he remembered everything about me. One thing about Norm was he never forgot a name. It was astounding. Now, I love Don Edwards, but he sometimes did forget the names. So there was a contrast. But he was um, someone that we were so excited when he ran Uh, for Congress. The Edwards staff volunteered, I know less you remember, to get him elected, and they were a team uh, in Washington, D.C. It was a wonderful thing uh, to see. You know, I, um, he was always a San Jose guy, the pride of San Jose. And uh, again, seeing this, it really almost takes your breath away. Thinking that, uh, you know, Norm was a victim of injustice. And what did that do to him? It fueled a quest for justice for everyone. Uh, Leading 
the reparations fight. That was not easy. But he managed to get that done, not for himself, but for something that the country needed to do to atone for an injustice. It was a healing moment for the nation. He was always interested, in addition to his duties in Washington, he always wanted things to go right, right here. I see Mike, and I remember when Mike was running for the Board of Supervisors, Norm personally came. Ed Kawazoe, who lived around the corner from us, was running the campaign out of his living room. And Norm was there personally trying to help Mike get elected to the Board of Supervisors. And of course, we did ultimately do that. I never guessed that I would actually get to serve with Norm for a short time in the Congress of the United States. And I will always value that experience. But when I look at this, I think of uh, someone who valued the Constitution, who was an optimist, who was a patriot, and who's someone I admire. And I'm so glad that we have this statue to remind us of the role model that he was and is. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Rod, thank you very much for inviting me uh, to be here today with all of you. I think we all feel that we're in a special place at a special moment, at a special time, and deeply honored to honor Norm. Denny, David, Stuart, everyone loves you. It's really wonderful to be with you. Norm was a man of many firsts. And my colleagues and others have uh, called out all the things that he did. Uh, the first Asian-American uh, mayor of a major city. And it went on and on uh, in terms of uh, all the uh, hats that he wore. What I was always struck by, and I still am, is how this child became such a great American patriot. Not too far from here, he boarded a train with his family that would take him to Area 24, the 7th Barrack, Unit B, in the Heart Mountain internment camp near Cody, Wyoming. And as he boarded that train, he had only had time to bring one thing with him. And it was his baseball bat. And one of the conductors said, you cannot, one of the officers said, you cannot take that with you. And he begged that officer, I remember him telling me the story, please let me take my baseball bat with him. And he did. 1942. A nation turning on its own citizens and interning them. Norm did not have an ounce of bitterness in him. Instead, he embraced what could be and what he would shape to be a better American, a better America, a better America. How he loved this community, the city of St. Joseph, how he loved his own community and brought such respect and dignity 
to it, understanding that it had been robbed of that at one time. And so he went on, and so he went on all the way to Washington, D.C., to the floor of the House, to become a secretary in the cabinet of presidents of the United States and receiving the greatest tribute to a citizen in this country, the Medal of Freedom, placed around his neck by President George W. Bush. So this statue will always hold a great place in this great city of San Jose. And for the millions of travelers, there will be a great story here. Our Norm Mineta, our Norm Mineta. And the stories that will be told, maybe something about his career or whatever, but that he was uh, a great American, a great patriot, a great role model for generations to come. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It's a great, great honor. Thank you. Well, it was an honor to follow Congresswoman Eshoo and Congresswoman Lofgren. Thank you, Rod, uh, for your leadership. One of my earliest memories in politics is being in my, the car with my mother in Pennsylvania. And on the radio, the newscaster announces, President Clinton has nominated the first Asian American to be in the cabinet. And I remember my mom turning to me saying, see Rohit, my full name, anything in this country is possible. I would never have guessed years later, I'd be a deputy assistant secretary of commerce in Washington. And I got a phone call saying, Norm Manetta wants to meet with you. Now, those of you who know Washington, it's a very hierarchical place. The deputy assistant secretary can't meet the undersecretary, let alone a former secretary. And he sat down and he had lunch. And he said, young man, I love that you're passionate about public service. And here are the things that I would do. He had no relationship. He just wanted to meet a young person. And he was very, very proud, of course, of Congressman Honda. Great to see you here, sir. But I just want to say one thing. There is not a single Asian American in public office today who does not owe a debt to Norm Mineta. And so that's what I'll remember with this statue. You know, we're very, very lucky to have those people, that lineup representing us from city right on up what skill and commitment to public service. It's, we're not like some other areas. You look across the nation and there's some weirdos running government. And we have a, a bunch of intellectually gifted, motivated, honorable individuals. And we're just really lucky. Now I'm really lucky in that I get to introduce the keynoter for today. Now, let me give you a little backstory there. You know, for today, we thought was going to be the vice president. And uh, she was committed 
up until about uh, 48 hours ago. And the president's office called her off and sent her to Sacramento instead, which I don't understand that at all, David. But I can certainly understand that it's a political year. And so we won that battle. Instead, we have the TSA administrator, that's the Transportation Security Administration administrator, the boss of all those nice people that check you into the through the through the security lines. But more than that, he is what you would call an undersecretary in the Department of Homeland Security if they had those things. The administrators are uh, instead. He worked with Norm in that crisis period of time after 9-11 to create the Department of Homeland Security. He was there. He's got the scars to prove it. And he's here to share his thoughts with us today. Administrator David Pekoski. Well, thanks and good morning, everyone. Um, I, will, I will tell you that um, it's an absolute joy to be here. And, you know, when, when you look at that statue uh, and you look at Norm's expression, which is an, ex- is an expression that we all had seen on him many, many times, and then you look at the picture of President Bush um, awarding him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, you see joy on his face uh, there as well. And, and um, for me personally, it is such a privilege to be here. I, I work with Normanetta in really two capacities, which I'll talk about uh, in a second. Um, but it's just wonderful to see um, to Den- Denny, um, Stu, Dave, um, all the people that were uh, in Norm's orbit that did so much lasting good for this country. And, and one of the things I'll talk about is, is how lasting that impact uh, will certainly be for those of us in the Department of Homeland Security and the Transportation Security Administration. Um, I also think that, you know, how appropriate is it that the best mid-sized airport in the United States is San Jose Mineta International Airport? I mean, that is so appropriate. And John, congratulations to your team. This is- and this is not just one group saying it. This is multiple groups that, that consistently award this airport uh, the very highest marks for its size category, which is just amazing. And uh, it's just a really privilege for me to work with the TSA team here. Joe Rodriguez is our federal security director. Uh, he's done an incredible job. And Joe was one of the very first people that came into TSA in 2002 and we stood up. Um, but I, I really had um, a, a lot of wonderful interaction with Normanetta when I was in the Coast Guard. I served in the Coast Guard for 33 years. Uh, it was a true joy to be in that organization, to save people, to secure the country, to protect our environment. And Norm, when, when he um, took the role as the Secretary of Transportation, what goes with that role and what those of us in Joanna as a, as a former Coast Guard Admiral as well would, uh, would resoundingly agree with was the role of Service Secretary. Um, you are the Service Secretary for a military service in this country. And I would tell you that Norm not only took on the role, he relished that role. And he um, traveled throughout the country to meet face-to-face with um, our people on board ships, at air stations, uh, in offices around the country and around the world. And I was with him on a couple of those occasions. And I got to tell you, he loved it. And our crews loved the attention that they received from him. And it was genuine. When he would talk to 
uh, some of our, our personnel on board a ship, for example, uh, he wouldn't be looking around at the rest of the ship. He would be looking right in their eye and have a really good conversation uh, with them. And I can't tell you how valued people felt as a result of that and how lasting uh, that impact is. Um, when I was uh, a, a, an officer in our headquarters, I worked a lot on budgets and programming and things of that nature. Uh, Norm was the chairman of the Transportation Committee and the ranking member of the Transportation Committee. Um, and he was one of our overseers who we always felt was in our corner. I mean, the role of an overseer is one to make sure you're doing what you need to be doing, but also to make sure you have the authorities to do what the, the country is asking of you and you have the resources. And he never forgot those last two parts at all. And so he was just a wonderful uh, person to have in our primary authorizing committee uh, in the House of Representatives. Um, when um, 9-11 happened, and we know uh, the stories and a couple of people have recounted the stories of, of Norm's role on 9-11 uh, in ordering over 4,000 aircraft um, to land. Um, that was the right decision. Uh, he, he took a bold step that had never been done before uh, and ensured that um, those aircraft were safe and on the ground. Um, but when you think of what happened after that, um, after that, um, a lot of work was done um, by the Congress, by members that are here uh, in attendance to really make sure that this never happened in the United States ever again. And so over the course of a relatively short period of time, uh, an act was passed by Congress, signed by President George W. Bush, called the Aviation and Transportation Security Act of 2001. If you put that in context, from the time of 9-11, from the day of 9-11 to the day that act was signed by the president, it was 69 days. Um, how amazing. When you, when you think of you know, the effort that he had to put forward and the relationships that he exercised to make sure that 300 plus million people were always safe uh, in their country and onboard aircraft. Um, and, and part of uh, the Aviation and Transportation Security Act, when it was signed, it was signed at Ronald Reagan Airport in Washington, D.C. There's a part of Ronald Reagan Airport that's called the Great Hall. And literally it has floor to ceiling windows, um, much like we see here, looking right out at the tarmac. And you kind of look over on Washington, D.C. And so the president signed the law um, at Ronald Reagan Airport. And if you look at one of the photos, there is, there is um, Normanetta standing to the right of the president, looking at the president while he's signing the bill with that look, um, with that look of joy, that look of accomplishment, that look um, of legacy. But what that law required was uh, within a year, so by the end of December 2002, um, the new Transportation Security Administration had to what we call federalize 430 airports around the country. That meant putting federal screening procedures and federal employees in those airports. Um, that was a tall order. You can imagine how much work that is over the course of a year to go around to 430 airports and make sure that that switch had occurred. And uh, in the audience today is Fred Lau, who is our federal security director at San Francisco Airport. Fred was sworn in by Norm as a federal security director. And I highlight that as a, as a head nod to Fred for sure, but also just reflecting on the leadership of Norm, that he would swear in personally those new federal security directors uh, as they started out their really, really important work. Um, and then um, after um, the law was, was passed, TSA stood up. Um, you know, from, my, from my experience, both in the Coast Guard and in TSA, which were both part of the Department of Transportation, 
um, we really thrived under Norm's leadership and, and really importantly, uh, under his inspiration uh, and his connection with all of the men and women that were performing this really important function uh, for the country. As you all know, the Department of Homeland Security was established and it really stood up uh, on March 1st of 2003. And Normanetta came to the ceremony um, uh, and presented to TSA a cornerstone, which I, I will read verbatim because when I listen to those words and when I read those words, as I pass that cornerstone, which is in our headquarters, I think of him all the time. And I will tell you that uh, when I when I leave my office uh, in, during the day and I walk down to the place where that cornerstone uh, rests, um, I look at it all the time as I'm making my way home. And it just reminds me of him. And it reminds me of what he charged us to do. Um, and in his honor um, and as part of his enduring legacy, in 2018, I, I, I called Norm up and I said, you know, I'd really like to name the very top leadership award in TSA after you. Um, and we'll call it the Norman Wymanetta Cornerstone Award. Um, and he said, well, you know, I wanted his permission, obviously, before I did that. And, um, uh, and he said, yes, that, that would be uh, really um, very, very much something that I would like to see. And then I said, would you do us the honor of coming to our ceremony at Reagan Airport in the Great Hall where the law was signed and present the first uh, award of that very highest leadership award within TSA? And he agreed to do that. And, you know, you see that that smirk, that smile as he was presenting that award and everybody just rallied around him. Um, it took him a long time to get um, back into his car from that ceremony because everybody just wanted to have the opportunity to talk to him. He is the founding secretary uh, of the TSA. And, and so the cornerstone that he left us um, has some really powerful words and, and it really it's, it's called a cornerstone, but it really stands for the principles that he put um, on the cornerstone that's etched in there. And um, as you go into our headquarters building and you, and you go up the flight of stairs and the grand staircase, right at the very top of that staircase is this, this cornerstone, because we want people to read it. We want people to understand what it means. But it says, forged on an anvil of cruel necessity and blood shed innocently. The TSA was built urgently in a time of war to preserve peace. This vital agency was made not of steel and stone, but of innovation, quiet patriotism, steady virtue, and the firm resolve of a nation that would not yield to terror. This is the lasting cornerstone upon which, in less than a year, TSA was built. May these cornerstone virtues be preserved and grow across the ages. The Department of Transportation is proud to have created and nurtured this vital agency from its inception on November 19, 2001, through transition to the Department of Homeland Security on March 1, 2003. Godspeed to the men and women of TSA as you continue to serve your noble mission for a grateful nation. Signed, Norman Wymanetta, Secretary of Transportation. And, you know, that's part of our indoctrination for all of those new officers that you see in checkpoints at 430 airports around the country. I want them to think about what our founding secretary said to them and to be inspired by those words and to ingest those words and to think about them all the time. Um, it's, it's been an incredible honor for me to be here this morning with all of you, to listen to all of the other speakers. Um, I think, if, you know, if you drew a thread through what we've all said, there's 
so many commonalities, but but just so much again joy, respect, admiration, and inspiration from Normanetta. And you know, one of the great, greatest legacies I think a person can leave is that inspiration. It's 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 yes, um, did some incredible things in the course of a life very well lived, but what what impact will he have on future lives in this country? for multiple generations. Um, so thank you so much. It's been a true honor to be here. Um, this has been a wonderful morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Administrator. Uh, is it, was it not prophetic that uh, his fine presentation was interrupted by a TSA announcement? Let's, uh, let's mind my manners just a little bit here. And uh, I'd like to uh, note that all of the honorary co-chairs that have been so terribly important in getting this done have been introduced except two. One is Yosh Yoshida. And you all know Yosh, 103 years old. Yosh could not come today because of health issues. Uh, but he's with us in spirit. And the other is his running mate in all of these things. And that's Cole Nishimura. And Cole got here. And he's right here. One of the grand gentlemen of our valley. And a great, a great role model for young people. Thanks, Cole. Now, uh, so that I can go home tonight and be hooked. Let me introduce the uh, uh, president of what is now the Commonwealth Club World Affairs Council of California, Dr. Gloria Duffy. Let's, uh, let's bring this wonderful gathering to a close now uh, with the recognition that for me, this is the never will be satisfied, but a step in the direction of satisfying a debt of honor. Norm was a friend. Much, much more than that. But through it all, he was a friend. We were elected on the same day to the city councils. Me in one city, he in another. We were elected on the same day to a higher office, me to the Board of Supervisors. He to Congress, and we served almost an identical 20 years in those positions. And we walked each other's precincts. We passed out each other's literature. We took the stones and, and uh, brickbats from the same constituents. I don't think we would have deviated on a vote that whole time. And I miss him. Please now welcome the chair of the Quest Valley Charities, Dr. Colleen Wilcox. For those of you who have been looking at your program, you will be so delighted to see it's me and then I'm over. But I have a few more thank yous. And I want to say to John, do you realize what a servant leader you have in Matt? 
working with Matt from the airport has been nothing but a sheer joy. Matt, would you just just give him a round of applause? An amazing human being. And number three, thank you all for being here. My first thank you is to those who got here early enough to be seated. My real thank you, of course, is to those who have been standing the whole time. And my grand thank you is to the ones wearing heels. Can we just give ourselves a round of applause? And in the spirit of gratitude, thank you, Norma. Thank you all. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org slash donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support. Thank you.